Maastricht. Vanuit de hoofdstad van Limburg is dit RTV Maastricht. De stem van de stad altijd dichtbij. RTV Maastricht. Yes, welcome to Student Radio Maastricht here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. And with that amazing epic song, we're going to start our show today. Uh, that was Formula One theme from Brian Taylor, the live version. We absolutely love it and we played it for a reason because today we're talking about the Formula One. I'm Katinka, your host for today here in the studio with Helena. Hey, everyone. And Hello. Tech Zaki. Hey. And yeah, you heard him, heard him already. So, uh, how do I pronounce your name? Actually, Samet. 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 All right. Samet, our Formula One expert of today. You're a big fan. I checked out your Instagram. It's only pictures of you near a car, in a car. 
<laughs> next to a car, walking out of a car, <laughs> <laughs> or talking about cars. Sounds, sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we're all pretty passionate about it. Helena, we had a connection very recently when we figured out we both watched the Formula One. Yes, uh, and that's when we wanted to talk about it in a show, and that's going to be today. Mm -hmm. Samaj, you're here because you are. I think nerd. you know the most. Yeah, the nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nerd. nerd. <laughs> I love to call people nerds. Yeah. Um, how long have you been watching it, Helena? Uh, oh, me? Yeah. Uh, well, I just started this year. I'm a new newcomer. Someone is looking at me with a disapproving look. <laughs> but I think that's fine. I'm one of the new fans, yes. Like, thank you, Drive to Survive, Netflix. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I knew already about Formula One growing up. I'm Brazilian, Italian. So I think... Mm. That's a big part of my general culture anyway, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, I started watching it about three months ago, so even a bit later yeah. <laughs> than you. Was already, uh, the season already started. I've known about Formula One because I'm Dutch and we have Max. Classic. You know, you know him, right? Max Verstappen. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, yeah, you, can, you cannot walk into a Yumbo without uh, running into this guy. Uh, but I've never really watched it, never knew what the appeal was. And then accidentally I watched one race a few months ago and I was hooked. And since then I've been watching all everything on YouTube, everything Netflix series. Um, yeah, but today we're going to be properly educated. Yeah. Samet, how long have you been watching Formula One? I don't know an exact point of when I started watching it. But when your eyes opened, when my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fun fact is, uh, this is nothing to do with Formula One, but I was born with my eyes open, so I mm. doubt I was l watching a TV at the time. <laughs> well, you don't know. No, but I do remember a point when I was very young, and uh, I was playing with some toys, and I hear this loud scream coming from the TV because my mum was just changing channels, and I thought, "Mum, change back," and it was Michael Schumacher in a red Ferrari because red is my favourite colour. <laughs> Just going around yeah. in a V10, and I just said, leave this. And I just kept watching and watching and watching. And from that moment on, I thought, this I caught the it. bug. Yeah, mm -hmm. awesome. So if I would ask you, what is Formula One? How would you describe it? To me, yeah. Formula One is the pinnacle of motorsport. There's nothing higher than that in motorsport itself. It's the highest form of technology coming along with speed, power, uh, innovation, it's uh, a lot of engineers say it as well, uh, it's the fastest R&D development ever, racing and development, research and development, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, it's a way of life for me actually, it became, yeah. I, I got addicted to speed when I was, not that one, <laughs> velocity, velocity <laughs> yeah. at a very young age and when I came in deeper and deeper into the sport I just knew from a point that I just wanted to dedicate my life for that and that's why I'm as well an automotive engineering student because I really want to do something with it when I grow up All well right. at least finish it awesome love the passion man Helena what does it mean to you you've been watching for um for, for me year? Yeah, yeah yeah for me it's all about um the adrenaline I think like I don't know and the drama between the drivers <laughs> I love that like that's my uh, my Latina side has a very <laughs> dramatic uh, drama loving side so I think that's a big thing for me and um, yeah I think that's that's the two things that intrigue me the most and I guess the community around it but I'm not really a big part of the community but I do like that the Formula One fans are so 
you know, close knit uh, community as well. I think yeah. that's really cool. So yeah. it intrigues me in general. I uh, I agree with you, Helena, on the drama part. <laughs> I love that yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's most of what I see on YouTube and obviously the commentary that's always with the races. Um, but what I also love is how much of a sport it is. Like I never, I always thought like, okay, they're just driving a car and they're driving it fast. But if you've seen a few races and um, yeah, for everybody that's listening that will get interested during the show definitely watch it with somebody that knows a bit more about it about formula one about motor racing races because um, i watched it with a friend of mine who is already also very passionate about it and i just kept asking questions like so how does this work this work or with the pit stops like it's amazing how do you, how the pit stops works but also how you have to think about when to do a pit stop when to come back into the race you know am i gonna cut this corner or the next one or you know all the technique that is behind it and it's obviously amazing what these guys can do with the car uh, um, I've had my third driving lesson yesterday so i'm not there yet but <laughs> we'll see um very impressive yeah um we're gonna go into a song and then talk some more about the history because Samad, i think that you can tell us some more it's been here for a while 70 years right 70 years yes yeah, so there's been uh, quite some history uh, I just know, yeah, the past two years, I think. That's what Netflix shows us, right? Two, yeah. three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's... 2017 and 18. Mm. 18 and 19. 18 and 19, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about that after uh, after a song, Born to be Wild, from Steppenwolf, because I do think that these guys that are in these cars are definitely born to be wild. Mm-hmm.
Born to be Wild from Steppenwolf. You're listening to Student Radio Maastricht here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I'm Katinka, your host for tonight, here with my co-host Helena, my tech Saki and Samet, our Formula One expert, because that's what we're talking about today, the Formula One. Um, let's go into a bit of history about Formula One, because there's been about 70 years of races, right? 70 years, more yeah. than a thousand Grand Prix since last year. Yeah, last year. All right. <laughs> well, there you go. Fun facts. Give us more of that. Um, yeah. Where where did it start? Well, around the 1930s, people were doing like uh, getting a car and just doing Grand Prix races just for fun. It, it was more of a rich people, rich guy sport or rich people sport. Because it's uh, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was just more of a hobby for people. And then uh, around the 1950s, uh, some establishment came along and they said, you know what, we're going to make a thing out of this. And it was named Formula A because you had different categories and then quickly turned into Formula One. And uh, from then on out, you had organized races around the world um, where drivers would come and just with their machines and just go for it uh manufacturers came along um the names of ferrari and alfa romeo speak many volumes um the names of williams williams no (laughs) no that only came around in the 1970s oh okay because uh williams is actually a very funny story because that was up until a few uh, a month or two ago was the last family owned formula one team yeah i know I'm so sad that they sold, actually. Yeah, they had no other choice. Yeah. But back to the history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 1950s Formula One cars and Formula One drivers, they were mad. Like, yeah. absolutely mad. They were just... Engine in the front. Um, the reason why it's called Formula is because you have a formula of rule, set of rules you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Anything else is off the books. It's off to you. So what manufacturers did and people who built the cars did was just take... Uh, the size was around like two and a half liter engines that many cylinders the rest is off the books so engine in the front driver like almost sitting on top of the car because it was so i've seen pictures and videos of these like first cars in the beginning and it's just like you don't want to come near it let alone like drive over 10 kilometers an hour with it it's it's crazy dangerous a a death Tin can. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it actually is. It, the people were mad. The, the, they didn't have helmets. They just had cloth no, yeah, made from exactly. leather on their heads, and they just had some glasses to cover the debris coming into their eyes and some cloth over their mouths. So, how fast did those first cars go? Because obviously, they didn't go like 350 a, a kilometer no, an hour. You, you, I don't know, around 180? Uh, still enough to kill you if you flip over. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. They actually. <laughs> There was a thing back in the days. They said, if you flip, just we don't need seatbelts. The chance of you surviving it if you <laughs> flew out of the car was higher if you just sat and in it. Oh, oh wow. my God. But then they realized, mm, yeah, maybe not. Just give them seatbelts. Yeah. Seatbelts yeah. were optional. It just gives you weight. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was not in the manual, like you have to wear a seatbelt. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's Building crazy. a car, seatbelts, no. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot has changed in then, since then because last week I, I also got lost in YouTube again um, and I saw videos of pit stops pit back stops. in the day where they took like five minutes because they had to put you know gas in the car they would get out go to the toilet have a smoking <laughs> break eat a sandwich chat with the rest of the, the team there, and was then, a, you know? there was a saying back in the olden days where sex was safe but racing was dangerous mm-hmm. and back in the days as well uh, a driver would come in and there was one particular driver who wanted a lit cigarette ready so he could have a smoke break yeah, right. in between the races before mm-hmm. he went off. And 
you would just come in and the tie changing tires were, were done with a hammer because you had to knock the 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 wheel bearing yeah. off take the wheel off put them back on hammer it back on and it was on his merry way today taking one po- more 1.9 seconds yeah that, no, the record is set now by Red Bull Racing um, mm. at 1.8 seconds something yeah yeah was it the one from like three weeks ago or that was 1.9 I think 1.8 1.9 very very fast like that's extremely impressive today yeah. a pit stop of two and a half seconds takes too long yeah yeah you lose yeah you're super slow every time i see that like what yeah. you did 2.8 seconds yeah <laughs> so slow do your job it's stuff guys yeah. <laughs> like why are you why are you not practicing oh they practice a lot even the yeah, picture yeah. has to be course. in tip-top form obviously obviously we're joking like, <laughs> i know as, i know as outsiders we're like come on just come do on, it guys Lift yeah. your wheel. no um a pit stop as well um i've done some research as well uh pit stops actually saves lives these days and it's very interesting because um what? yeah <laughs> going along like what <laughs> so the reason why is um some univer- some universities and hospitals use the communications technologies that the prick crew uses mm. for pit stops oh. and they implemented this in hospitals one of them is the great or- ormond street hospital in the united kingdom and the other one is uh, U- the university hospital of wales where they used williams the technology of Williams Formula One team in 2016, where they would improve communications between doctors and nurses and the patients themselves, yeah. and mm. the productivity of like doctors working together and nurses went through the roof. Yeah. As well as another company, I forgot the name, but they used the tech, the communication technology which McLaren had, and boost their productivity of toothpaste <laughs> with like <laughs> threefold or fourfold without losing any product quality that's crazy wow so now they can change hearts in 1.8 seconds yeah yeah just sitting there seeing a heart and just hey guys watch this yeah that would be amazing mm-hmm. no but that's impressive man because also you confused me a bit when you just said uh Simon, it, it, it saves lives and like what what happens yeah. if, if you don't have a pit stop I, yeah. there was another thing as well um during the pandemic um when it just started formula one was cancelled for a while i remember coming over to helena's house and uh crying we, <laughs> no we wanted to watch the australian grand prix because it's well two or three in the afternoon there but it was like seven in the morning at us oh yeah and it was cancelled and we just yeah. had breakfast yeah <laughs> for now well, yeah. it was a lovely breakfast. Yeah, I was just going to say, this during, doesn't sound like a bad time. Mm-hmm. But. During the pandemic, Formula One teams actually reversed engineered technology for hospitals as well. Because I remember Mercedes Formula One team came into the news because they devised a new um, valve system for breathing apparatus, oh. which helped patients breathe more easily, with, uh, mm. and they would coupled with different like uh, breathing masks in the hospitals. Yeah. And as well for the Scuderia Ferrari, they um, they created a new breathing uh, machine which helped patients. Uh, it was like half the size of what a normal thing was, and they just gave it away for free. That's crazy. To the hospitals, yeah, because obviously there is a lot of money going on in there, but like you say, Simon, there's also a lot of technology going a on lot. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think it's wonderful to hear that it's not just about racing, it's not just about the cars, and not just about the money. Because every time one of those cars crashes, it's like 
buy a million euros or <laughs> whatever. More. Yeah. yeah, easily. Um, so there's a lot of money going in there, and I'm I'm very impressed to hear what else is happening with the technology that they d- they're developing and what they're doing if they're not racing. Yeah. We're gonna go into another song, and then uh, we're gonna come back and maybe let's see Helena if we can get a bit of the drama in here because mm-hmm. I want to talk to you guys about the teams. What teams are there? What's your favorite one? What's your favorite driver in Samet? Why is it Max Verstappen? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Let's see if we can get some of that in here. But before that, we're going to go into a song, which is Victory from Two Steps from Hell and Thomas Bergerson. Uh, so enjoy that. And after, uh, after the break, we will be back.
Yes, that was Victory from Two Steps from Hell and Thomas Bergerson. You're listening to Student Radio Maastricht here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I am Katinka here with Helena, Zaki and Samet. So we're talking about Formula One. Uh, yeah, we discussed a lot about uh, history, Samet. You have some amazing stories. I can listen to you all day, every day. Uh, but let's go into the teams because, of course, there are a few teams at Formula One. I think about 10, <laughs> if I'm correct. Yeah, 10. Yeah, and they all have two drivers. Um, yeah, so let's go into that. What's your favorite team, favorite driver, and why? It was a joke, by the way, that it was Max Verstappen. <laughs> I just wanted to push it's your buttons. It's not Max Verstappen, <laughs> and I, I imagine a lot of Dutch people listening right now is, who is this man? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Max, and there are countless of reasons why, but I'm not going to dive into that because I w- otherwise I would get angry in the studio. But <laughs> <laughs> you cannot throw throw chairs around here. <laughs> no, they're too heavy. Um, at the moment, um, to me, it's still a place in my heart that Sebastian Vettel has taken a man of his character with his intelligence off the grid, always helping around, helping the engineers around with stuff, and he always has a smile on his face and see the Dutch media always portrays him as this ignorant uh, loud brat but <laughs> the Sebastian Vettel I know is the man who I look up to he's always nice he's always very polite always in for a laugh very intelligent and of course you get loud in a Formula 1 car well duh everyone does all the drivers do you're you're driving at 360 kilometers an hour there's so much adrenaline pumping inside you and remember a point last year when Max Verstappen actually two years ago excuse me Max Verstappen hit Lewis Hamilton oh uh, we all remember it <laughs> and Hamilton got very angry in the I don't know it was something like the putting procedures and uh, you'd hear well Hamilton said a cuss word and during the post-race presentations or the interviews uh, some interviews said yeah what was that about you calling Max this that and Sebastian answered answered the question like excuse me we're racing drivers we get angry we get angry in the car uh, can I have emotions alone. please yeah <laughs> yeah exactly sure Helena what's your favorite one um well okay Lewis Hamilton is maybe like you know basic choice but i can i can just hear your glowing eyes now. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just i just think he's awesome you know he's a true champion i'm not gonna like go into it but i also love uh you know his uh i i like that he's like an activist in his own way you know obviously there's a lot to be said about uh the impact of, of formula one in that sense but like yeah I, I love that lewis hamilton is up there you know representing some things that i uh think are really important and then i love a lot of the underdogs but i think uh alex albon is my favorite mm. underdog <laughs> yeah. he's such a sweetie and i think he should he should win go alex yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen her face yeah. it's so adorable <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i agree with that i also like the underdogs but for me because I'm not watching Formula Long, or, or I haven't been watching Formula One for that long. Um, but I do get why people like Max Verstappen. I always thought that was total bullshit. I'm like, what? What's up with Max? Like, I don't know. Every time he, he I didn't watch the Formula One, so I only only heard on the news that he crashed again. So I never, <laughs> I never got what the fuss was all about. Uh, but now that I've been watching it, of course, he's gotten a bit better, maybe over the past years. But I do like the the way he drives and uh, and his humor. Maybe it's also because I'm Dutch. It's this specific type of humor, I guess. I, I have to be honest. He 
is very talented and yeah. he showed his talent at a very young age. He was the youngest driver. He was so young when he got into Formula One, the FIA, which is the governing body going all over the rules and such, they had to implement a new rule of how early you can enter Formula One. He wasn't, he didn't have a driver's license yet. He didn't. He, he wasn't exactly. allowed to drive a car. Yeah, the new rule <laughs> said you have to have a normal driving license from where So then from. you have to be 16 or 17, depending on which sort of. country. I don't know. From, yeah. I think 18. Yeah. Impressive. Well, yeah. Oh, thank you, Samad, for giving Max some credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to be unbiased. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to be now. Maybe if you start that podcast. I don't mm. like Max. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. No, but I do. Uh, and, and yeah, of course, I don't know how to drive yet. So that's also very interesting for me to learn. Like, what, what are these guys actually doing? Oh, yeah. By the way, someone corrected me during the songs. They do not cut corners. <laughs> they, no, that's... That's not that's what you do. The biggest no-no you can do. Like, if you do it accidentally, you can you can see if you accidentally cut a corner. Yeah. And you're like, you get like a slap on the wrist for once. But doing it twice, you get like a time penalty or a grip yeah, penalty done. at the next race. You have to stop for 10 seconds during your pit stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> lose, that happens. 10, ten the, positions. To oh, me, man. that was the best penalty that has ever happened. Not because it was Lewis Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. just, the, just the chaos that happened after. Because yeah. science teaches us, and uh, I've read this in a book done by Stephen Hawking. Um, there are like 10 to the 500 possibilities to anything that happens. Like the chaos theory or the butterfly effect or whatever you want yeah. to call it. <laughs> Give and him a name, yeah. <laughs> Hamilton theory. did a mistake. He should have owed up to it, but, you know, as a driver, you always want to get away with it. But, you know, fair. It's a human thing, right? We it's just want yeah. to get away with the things we do. Yeah, exactly. Also, it wasn't really his mistake. Yeah, right? um, the engineer said, come in. He was just like, can I, can I go there knowing that it's not really the, the right thing to do to go till the end of the... No, the, uh, the pit lane was closed, so... Besides that, there was a car standing there. What if, like, someone crosses the road? Yeah. Like, uh, some marshal who's, like, cleaning yeah. up debris because people are working Very right dangerous. there. And you just drive by with 200 kilometers an hour. What if you hit him? Yeah. Mm. Just stay safe. dead. You're dead. Yeah. Happened once, never again. Oh, wow. Yeah. When yeah. did it happen? A while ago, 70s. Yeah, in the 70s. And, uh, when they were Everything not wearing happened. helmets yet. Yeah, when it was right. all, they were wearing <laughs> helmets. It was all a trial and error. Like the, oh. the, the quote of sex safe racing dangerous was still going on then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, a long time ago. Yeah, because you do have to stick to these rules. And it's also because I'm watching the footage, right? So mm -hmm. every time when something happens or what, what happened now that somebody makes a mistake, goes into the pit lane where you're not supposed to because there's like some sign somewhere. I have to watch it like 20 times before I see like what what did he miss because these guys are so fast like the, and, they, and you have to they be, are superhuman with their reflexes it's crazy like if you see them practicing they have this this exercise with a ball oh yeah oh, yeah you know, where the, the trainer holds two tennis balls and then the guy the the driver has his hands on top of the trainer's hands and then they let to, like, go of them yeah he has they to, have to pick catch them, them. yeah and every time I'm like, oh my god, you're you're fucking superhuman! Like this is not something you can do. All these exercises that they do. Um, I started following Max two weeks ago, mm -hmm. so I see on this Instagram now like how they practice things as well. It's oh yeah, crazy. it's a full time job of working out and engineering as well. Yeah, yeah, it really is like next level top sport. Um, yeah, thank you guys for that. Uh, we're gonna go into another song, uh, music genre that I love, and 
also about Formula One. It's called Formula One from Mativ. Uh, enjoy. It also has a lot of energy in it. And then we're going to go uh, into, yeah, further into the conversation why Formula One is so amazing and exciting. This isn't music. This is the scream of science. 300 brake horsepower per liter of displacement. Not passing in a blur at 200 miles per hour. And in the middle of the whole metal, the carbon, sits flesh and blood. These are the masters of speed. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Yes, that was Formula One from Mativ, amazing drum and bass song uh, that we chose because we are talking about the Formula One today. You're still listening to Student Radio Maastricht here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I'm Katinka here with Helena, hey. Saki and Samet. Um, yeah, Formula One, let's get a bit more into the epicness of it. What makes it so exciting? Why should people watch? Um, what's the magic of the sport? Helena, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, well, um, as I said before, the drama for me is one of the most important uh, aspects, you know, like, I think the drivers themselves become some kind of uh, superheroes, uh, somehow, you know, these iconic kind of figures. Um, I don't know, it's kind of cool, you know, it's really like, like, yeah, like a comic book with superheroes or something. That's how, how I feel when I watch uh, I've never heard that comparison. So really? It's no, so I adorable. Think, I think I it's super it. cute, you know, like it's like super awesome. Like, I don't know, I can't uh, say. But also when you think about, you know, uh, more o- older like icons uh, that already went, you know, like Senna or something for me, it's just like really, uh, yeah. I don't know, really iconic people that that pass through these uh, these uh, racetracks, you know? Yeah, I get that, what you're saying, Elena, because it's, as you get to know more about it, so the first time I watched, the, I properly watched the race, that already sucked me in because the races are so exciting and they're, even now when there's not- May I ask which yeah. race that was? Um, was it Austria? The first one of the year. That was, that it was, was not. A, it was not the first one of the year. No, right. we were already in that. You know, we know the top three kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, I don't know. I have to check. I, I mean, it was the first one I watched, so I don't really know. But it was still sunny. I think we were still like getting out of a lockdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other, times, other, yeah times. other times. Other times. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, that sucked me in, and then now I'm starting to get to know more and more about these guys. You know mm-hmm. what, where where they are from, what their families are like, their characters. I think that's also something that you see uh, during the race, obviously, but especially after the race and in the interviews that you see, because there's so much around it um, with interviewing, but also just with fun things that they do that gets filmed, and you see, you know, all the YouTube stuff or the Netflix documentary or whatever. Um, there's so many stories about it, and I think it's ev- every single driver has something that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. But then you see them on the racetrack, you're like, wow, what the fuck are you doing, man? It's crazy, yeah, it's really. crazy. Um, yeah, Samad, for you, why, why should people watch Formula One? Why you should yeah. watch it? Mm-hmm. Um, or should I ask why I not? Sh- then, then we're just done with the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, no, no, do please, do please. Um, well, to me, it is the, well, as I said before, it's the highest form of motorsport. But besides that, those people have superhuman reflexes. Yeah, it's the crazy. The speed is, unimaginable um you it's it's lano norris one of the mclaren racing drivers he described it for kids um imagine your mum driving you to school when you're late and you're getting like a bit scary like ooh, uh, <laughs> it's getting quite fast yeah. and just imagine that a hundred times more and yeah. that's what driving a formula one car is and besides that the the overtaking and the racing itself and what these guys are doing and the pressures they go through their body. I remember two years ago, Rebel Racing was at, uh, they were at the American Grand Prix, which was in Austin. And, well, the drivers and some of them went to NASA, which was based in Houston. Well, that's the term, Houston, we have a problem comes from. And <laughs> some of the engineers went there as well, and they said, 
hang on, how much G's do you pull when you go into space? And he said, well, it's about three G's what the astronauts feel. And then the Formula One engineer said, our drivers do five. Easy peasy. Five times the weight of a human being pushed on you. Like, that's why these drivers... But you see it as well, because they get out of these cars and most of them are super tiny, with like the biggest neck neck ever. They all have like these... Muscular super necks. trained necks and yeah, super and trained bodies super as well. Tiny, especially after, because you lose like three to five kilos, right? During mm. a race. Exactly. Mm. Um, Felipe Massa, he said, at the Malaysian Grand Prix, it's not there anymore. But Singapore is also like, to me, Singapore is like Monaco and steroids. It's literally in the center of town. <laughs> and the humidity of the air is so hot. Crazy. Yeah. These guys go at absolute full speeds and they lose about three, kilo, three kilograms of moisture in their own body, so they have to drink a lot of water during the races. Oh. But the problem comes with that again. Where do you go to the loo? And mm. some, Michael Schumacher was known just going to the loo during the race. Oh, really? He would get out of the car? No, 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 or in the car. Yeah, yeah, right, because that's what you do, you know, yeah, with you the can. bike racing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you just do it when you have to do it. Just we can yeah. do it. Shower, we can take a shower when we have a medal. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I was thinking about was, for example... Like there was this one uh, race that Senna won, I think when he won the championship or something at some point, and then he was like so tired from the race, he could barely like lift the trophy mm. afterwards. That was Monaco in eight 90s, 90-something? And he yeah. was racing against Nigel Mansell because Nigel was really charging up on him. Yeah. And, uh, well, Senna had just had terrible tires, and N- um, Nigel Mansell really just had the option to just go for new tires. Yeah. And both drivers were absolutely dead they were done by oh wait no i'm talking about nigel mansell was tired at that time senna was in brazil the gearbox let go he only had one gear left and it was the top gear is sixth and that's the (laughs) lowest talk there he had one gear left and he had to do it in the rain as well and he won it he kept it together there was a driver behind him and he had to control the throttle and the brakes and the and the and the accelerator because he only had one gear and the car was literally falling apart while he was driving it and he managed unbelievably to win it crazy and he barely could lift the trophy above his head and the moment i really do appreciate from senna is when he lifted the flag of brazil because that was a moment we did it yeah He he didn't do i did it yeah. we did it yeah because it's it's all about the team it's what they what the drivers always say like you know it's me and my team because it's exactly uh, crazy how much work is into it of course they drive but there's you know the pit stops uh, yeah. the tech behind a car you know the cars are not just there <laughs> there's a lot uh, uh, that have to be done before that yeah. uh, we're going to listen to another song baby driver uh, from simon and garfunkel because these guys they, they've been driving since they can walk maybe even before but they start pretty early. Baby drive 
That was Baby Driver from Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, we're going to go to the end of our show, our Formula One show. Um, yeah, let's do some last notes. Simon, I'm going to give it to you first. What are your last notes for our listeners about the Formula One? Last notes. Well, I just want to tell people, if, if they want to get into the sport, just don't choose a side just look at it and just enjoy it and don't get and don't get high expectations sometimes the race is boring just like a football game sometimes right. stuff gets boring but once it turns exciting that first drop that, of rain that, 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 <laughs> oh yes rain especially <laughs> rain races like last year we were treated to one of the best races ever yeah. well not the best race because come on <laughs> uh, but it, it was brilliant um, as I said uh, like 10 to the 500 ways a race can go on and the Italian Grand Prix this year really showed what yeah. that could do yeah. I mean Pierre Gasly stole my heart at that point he's yeah, my underdog <laughs> my favorite race of this year it was just super it kept changing everything it, kept changing everything just kept going haywire and I just want to tell people just let it happen and just enjoy it because that's the most important thing with racing just enjoy it yeah. Good life lessons, yeah. Helena. What are your last last notes, last comments on Formula One? Um, yeah, totally. Watch Drive to Survive. <laughs> I don't want to make <laughs> too much. One. It's it's so good. I think that's what got me into it, and I don't know. I think it's it's uh, worth a watch. Why not? Um, in these times of lockdown, you know, one more Netflix uh, recommendation doesn't hurt. <laughs> so check that out. 
And yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, generally it's a really exciting sport. So just check it out. And uh, Samit, I actually wanted to ask you, like, uh, if you have like some platforms to suggest, like some I don't know where you get some news or like interesting. Well, the Formula One website itself and the Formula One app are great places to go to, but there are brilliant names around the world as well. Uh, Cranky Yankee F1 on YouTube, uh, Aiden Millward, uh, Tomo F1. Uh, these are just a tiny tip of the iceberg of people who just div dive, well, they just push their lives into Formula One and they want to make everyone understand what's going behind the scenes. It's quite a lot of podcasts on, um, on Spotify lot. as well, I discovered today. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> when the, when uh, I was Beyond the Grid. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. It's great. Actual interviews with the drivers themselves. Zaki. Uh, you've been very quieter behind tech because this is maybe not your specialty, but um, now that you've heard us talk about this, would you want to watch a race? Yeah, I'd maybe watch a race or two, you know. In the United States, we have NASCAR, which... Yeah. Boo! <laughs> There's one thing that NASCAR did for Formula One, it's create a head and neck system where the drivers wouldn't get whiplashed. Oh. And that's when the death of Dale Earnhardt, and the do it for Dale, was the quote of it. And that's now the super most important thing in motorsport itself. Funny enough, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is actually the only NASCAR, NASCAR uh, driver whose name I actually know. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's something that I could find, you know, I could find it interesting, particularly now that I know more about it. You know, before it's just like, okay, you yeah. just drive a car in a circle. Cool. Um, <laughs> it's, not circles, it's, not it's not circles, dude. It's not circles. And every track is different. That's yeah. also interesting that I didn't know yeah. before I really got yeah, into it. Yeah, and now you know? it's just tracks, but normally they, like, they drive through the cities, right? Yeah. I, want, I want people to look at a track like Monaco, Spa, Singapore. Singapore, Singapore. that's crazy. The, have you seen that track? Yes, it's uh, And the speeds are going at. Just imagine no. that. You're driving with your car there as fast as you can. And, and the race is at night. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Also crazy. So just dope. the lights. All yeah. right, people, we can talk about this okay. for another hour. But yeah, yeah Samet, I'm, I'm going to push you into starting a podcast. I love the way you talk about this, the passion you. that you have. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Uh, really, really quick cultural agenda before we go into our last song. Sunday, Formula One. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next race. Not just Sunday. You have to watch the qualifying as well. Yeah, oh, qualifying yeah. is on, on Saturday. So <laughs> yeah. start there. Uh, also very exciting. We didn't even talk about qualifying. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Helena, you had something for our cultural agenda? Um, yeah, uh, it's a little bit less uh, on a happy note. But like uh, tomorrow evening, there's a lecture by Amnesty International students. It's about uh, modern concentration camps in China. Mm. If you don't know, uh, there's uh, being a, a systematic uh, ethnic cleansing of Muslims in China. So go check it out. Yeah, and the last thing, uh, we're going to start a new radio show in November on Fridays. So if you like the Rocktober show, next one is coming up with Alex Suvash. Stay tuned. So there's more information following on our social, Student Radio Maastricht on Facebook and Instagram. And now for our last song, which is the one that we always end the race with. And today we're going to end our show with is Carmen Overture from George Bizet. Enjoy. Thank you guys for listening and uh, enjoy your next show. It's pronounced Bizet. Oh, Bizet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I got triggered I, as well. I think the <laughs> and people don't cut corners. All right, I learned a lot today. <laughs> the classical music student uh, had to intervene. Definitely. <laughs> All right, guys. See you in the next show. Ciao. And